Good evening, everyone. Hi, how are we doing? All right? Good. I'll take that as an almost yes. Lovely. Good to see you all. If you don't know me, my name's Nigel. I'm part of the team here at Woody's. And yeah, today it's been mentioned already. It's Pentecost Sunday. And I'm preaching around what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And with that, uh, we've been looking this month at something called essentials. What are some of the key things about what it means to follow Jesus, to be a Christian? What are some of the key things that we need to know and understand in our, our life as followers of Jesus? It might be that for you this evening, you wouldn't say that you were a fully paid up member of the Christian club. Maybe you're here, you're just kind of checking it out. Maybe you've got questions, you're exploring faith. And again, I want to say just a really big thank you to you for being with us and, and we love to journey with people spiritually and as they kind of explore especially the person of Jesus and so we as Christians believe in God and God is expressed in a trinity God the Father Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit and as we look at the story of Pentecost we're going to be looking at the work of the Holy Spirit and you'll keep hearing this uh, word being baptized and I'm going to try and explain that to you as we go along this evening. But why is baptism, or to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, important? What, why are we looking at that this evening? And really, actually, it's not about being baptized as such. It's really about being clothed with power from on high. This idea that God wants to empower people, not just allow us to believe things about God and kind of generally get on with him. But this idea that from heaven, from on high, there is a power in the Holy Spirit that it empowers our life to actually live differently, to do life differently to how we would without it. And we're going to be taking a bit of time to unpack that. And at the end, I'm going to offer an opportunity to pray. And we're going to pray in two ways. And I just want to sort of let you know now, because it might be you're not comfortable with it. Again, you might just want to watch, and that's totally fine. Again, if you're online and tuning in as well, thanks for being with us. And at the end, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and, and rest on us, to fill us. And that is a, a prayer the church has been praying right from the very beginning of the church uh, over thousands of years of saying, come Holy Spirit. So we, we love to do that in this church. We're going to do that here. We'll take some time just to kind of welcome God's Holy Spirit to be with us. But also we want to be praying that actually... The Holy Spirit will be ministering to us. That means actually moving, actually making a difference in our lives. And we're going to have an opportunity to invite you to get prayer as well if you'd love someone to pray with you. So there you go. I've told everything that I'm going to do in about two minutes. I could just sit down now, job done. So that's the, that's the plan. So yeah, today's Pentecost Sunday and the church around the world globally celebrates Pentecost because it's actually the birthday of the church. We read about that in Acts chapter 2. That's a book in the New Testament that really charts the very beginning of the church and all that goes on. And so it's a day that we celebrate because we recognize before that the church didn't exist. There are a bunch of followers who love Jesus and Jesus has died and as Matt shared, been resurrected. He's appeared to his followers. But at that point, they're just sort of hanging around. They're a bit in limbo. So I'm going to read, um, start with at the very end of Luke's gospel, where um, Jesus, well, we'll read it in Luke 24, and then we'll go straight into Acts chapter 2. I'm going to paraphrase a bit of Acts chapter 2, because it's quite long. So I kind of got all the bits out that were a bit boring. Anyway, here we go. Luke 24. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. Let's read Acts 2. 
So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That was Jesus' followers, the disciples. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hears them in our native language? And he goes on to describe all the different uh, nations and languages they're hearing. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. But then Peter, who was one of the apostles, stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Peter goes on to explain what the life of Jesus and what happened to him by being killed and resurrected. And then he summarizes at the end by saying this, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So I'm going to look at three things from this passage about the promise of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Got the three Ps in. Thank you very much. So um, we're going to look at the promise of the Holy Spirit. We had this word, I highlighted it, because it kept cropping up, this idea that the Holy Spirit has been promised. Um, Basically, in the Old Testament, the old, old part, before Jesus arrived, uh, the Holy Spirit would appear. In fact, the Holy Spirit has already been at work right in the very beginning, in Genesis itself, in creation, and throughout. Whenever God has been at work, the Holy Spirit has been there doing it. In fact, the Holy Spirit animates and brings the reality of God to bear in the world. But we see the Holy Spirit anointing people in the Old Testament, but only very few key people, prophets who would speak the word of God, kings who would lead God's people, and priests who would minister before God. They were anointed with the Holy Spirit. But it was very rare that anyone else was filled with the Holy Spirit. But even so, in the Old Testament, there was something of God's heart to promise that one day his spirit wouldn't just rest on a few people, but would be poured out on all people. One of the prophets that talks about that is Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel chapter 36, he talks about pouring out his spirit 
on all flesh. And this idea that people with a heart of stone will be removed and instead God will give them a heart of flesh. He said, I'll put my spirit in them. They will observe my laws, not because of an external thing to follow, but because they're written on their hearts. Ezekiel, the prophet, was speaking of God's heart for something that hasn't happened yet, that one day this would happen. And another of those prophets that spoke about that was Joel. And that is what Peter quotes when he's speaking to this crowd on Pentecost. He quotes Joel chapter 2, that little bit that we read. Actually, my spirit will be poured out on men and women, young and old. And what is happening here is that the promise that one day the spirit will be poured out has suddenly been fulfilled. And so Peter is saying, the thing that's happening, this rabble that spilled out of a room, all chaotic and almost sort of drunken sounding, speaking all these different languages, declaring the wonders of God, actually that thing that Joel the prophet was talking about and looking forward to, that's it. This is happening right now. That the promise has been fulfilled. But actually the promise continues. It didn't stop them. Oh, that was it, promise done. But actually the promise carries on because God's heart is always to fill every man, woman and child with the Spirit of God. He longs for that today. He longs for that still, to be able to pour his Spirit out on all flesh. And that's what we're living in now, this time where God is generous and abundant in wanting to pour out his Spirit on all people. Jesus himself promised the Holy Spirit. And there's a little Bible verse we're going to see just in the beginning of John's Gospel. And John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, and John went around baptizing people with water as a sign of repentance. But when he sees Jesus coming along, he says this thing. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He sees Jesus, recognizes that Jesus is the person that's going to deal with sin in the world and forgive sin. But he goes on to say, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. That was God speaking to John saying, this person that you've baptized is going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so it is that later on in John's gospel, in John 14 and 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples and promises them the Holy Spirit. He talks about the counselor being given to them, saying the Father will send it in my name to guide you in truth, to lead you, to comfort you. Jesus himself is promising the Holy Spirit. And so on Pentecost, we see this promise fulfilled that that is the day when the Holy Spirit is poured out. The promise from God has happened. So, the promise has happened. The Holy Spirit has arrived. But I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit as well. And the reason is there's more than just the Holy Spirit being poured out. There's something that's happening and going on. When we look at the power of the Holy Spirit, the key to the power of the Holy Spirit is released through baptism. That's how it works. So Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. He didn't have to be baptized. He was without sin. So it wasn't to have his sins forgiven. It was to identify with humanity, to fulfill all righteousness. But what happened was, was this. Up until that point, Jesus, although had been miraculously born, the Holy Spirit was all over his life. His ministry hadn't started. He hadn't done anything yet. But when he got baptized, that marked the start of his ministry and his mission in the world for three years, leading to his death 
and his resurrection. So John the Baptist baptizes him, and as he comes up, the scene happens that the voice of God speaks, the Father, this is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. And the Spirit comes down and rests on him. And this is what John sees. This is what we've been talking about. Now, after that moment, what happens to Jesus? He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he's tempted for 40 days. And at the end of the 40 days, he returns But this time he returns full of the Spirit. We read this in Luke. In Luke chapter 4, he then does his first preach in the synagogue, unrolls the scroll. Isaiah 61 says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Jesus has been anointed with power from on high through his baptism. And at that point, he then moves into his mission and his ministry. Why is that important for us? Well, the question is, if Jesus is the one baptizing with the Holy Spirit, When did he do it? We don't read about it in the Gospels. He gives his authority to his disciples to pray for healing and to cast out demons. But when does this baptism of the Holy Spirit happen? Well, it happens at Pentecost. Acts 2, that is when Jesus baptizes his believers, his followers with the Holy Spirit. That's when the Holy Spirit is poured out and released. Jesus is baptizing his followers, the people who love Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And that is what's key about Pentecost. So just as the Father sends Jesus to the world to show the world that he loves the world so much that he sends his one and only Son, so Jesus now sends his church to show the world that he loves the church, to carry on his mission and his ministry to the world. And that's why Pentecost is important for us because it's linked with power. And the mission of the church doesn't start until it's been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we are now the church here, sitting here today, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when we read Acts 2, we don't just think, well, that was good for them back then, all kicked off a bit, seemed a bit of fun. But actually, it's a model for us, that actually for the church, we are to be empowered with power from on high by the Holy Spirit. And the way that we do that is by being baptized by the Holy Spirit. During my potted relational history, before I got married, um, I was dumped. It happened a number of times, but this was a bad time because I thought this was it. I thought we were going to get married. I really did. I thought this was the one. And it turned out um, it wasn't, uh, as I was quite abruptly told. And... Yeah, let's not, all right guys, let's not go there too much, all right? So, I come to Woody's, and I go in the crypt. I don't know if you've been in the crypt, that's the room down here, at the bottom, and the Ikea sofas. I sat on one of the Ikea sofas, and I met up with my mentor. This was someone who was a little older and wiser than me, and I was like, I really need to meet up. Um, and so, they very kindly saw me, and I basically just told them that my life was over, that I was back to like square one, like square zero, you know, like just, my, my, oh, forget it. Everything was just destroyed, and my life was terrible, and it was. Um, so, my mentor, very gracious, listened to me, and nodded, and, mm, you know, did all that stuff. And then at the end, you know, like, how do I shut this guy up? He's like, let's pray. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, I need prayer. Um, and just at the end, I was like, oh, by the way, um, you can pray for the gift of tongues if you want. I've tried to do that funny language thing that they do when you pray, but I can't do it. I tried once and it didn't work. And I was like, okay, well, let's pray. So sat in the sofas in the crypt, 
and just prayed and nothing much happened and he was doing some lovely prayers and then I just felt this sort of heat and sort of something going on and the next thing I knew I was saying all this weird crazy stuff coming out my mouth at a million miles an hour which was the gift of tongues and they were praying in tongues this is the sort of spiritual language and then I, I was praying in tongues I'm like oh my goodness so this isn't for an interpretation, but this is what the gift of tongue sounds like when I pray with it. So it's like this. And I use that language to pray. But it, when I happened first time, it was like this. It was just amazingly fast. I was like, oh my gosh, what was that? So I walked home. I was a bit freaked out. I'm like, did that really happen? And then in the evening, there was a big youth event here at Woody's. And I'd been helping out on the prayer ministry where we pray for people. And I'd done the training. And at the end, they invited people to come forward. So just like we sometimes do, people came to the front. And they said, prayer ministry team, come to the front. So I went to the front. And I started praying for someone literally down right here. And um, I thought, I'm praying for this. It's quite a big fella. And I was like, maybe I'm going to try a bit of the old uh, shabalabas. You know, give it a bit of the old... I don't know what you call it, tongues, praying in the spiritual language thing. You know, why not? I've got the gift. I'm going to give it a little go. Now, I've done a lot of prayer ministry before, just to let you know, praying with people. I know all the protocols, and normally I'd pray for people, nothing would happen, but they felt loved, and uh, they would go home afterwards. So I start praying for this guy in tongues, like quietly, because I'm a bit embarrassed. So I'm just like... <laughs> And I could tell they were really receiving from the Holy Spirit. But I wasn't expecting what happened next. Um, sometimes when people are really full of the Holy Spirit, they, they go backwards. And they get a bit wobbly. And occasionally they fall backwards. Now I know that because I've done the prayer ministry training. This guy just went forwards. <laughs> but the only thing was, the host was standing right here and he fell into the host. So the host was like, yeah, can we have more? Whoa! And I was really embarrassed because I didn't catch him. He literally just fell. I, no one told me they fall forwards. I thought they all just, you always go backwards. Anyway, I moved on to a guy next to him. And I thought, oh, all right, I'll just play it cool. Like nothing, yeah, I just did that guy. Who wants some of this then? So I did it again. Gave it a little bit of the, more Lord. All right, I'm going to turn on the old gas. <laughs> And he started pogoing, literally jumping up and down. Like, and I was like, that's not okay. So I just left him and uh, I just went to someone else. I had like, no idea what to do with that. I was like, what is this? This is a thing. Yeah, no one else wanted me to pray for them. No, I, I think I sort of like, maybe I shouldn't do that. This is freaking me out. But what is going on? But I found in like the days and weeks after I had been prayed for, I started prophesying over people. I started getting dreams that I'd never really had about God and things going on. I was, just something was happening that hadn't happened to me before. And it's because I'd received a baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was empowered. I'd been praying for lots of people before, and I'm sure God was gracious to meet people and bless them. But suddenly there was this like power thing going on. I was like, oh my gosh, stuff's actually happening. Which as a Christian, you can't always say that. But I was like, wow. And that's one of the things. When we find the power of the Holy Spirit, it empowers us to do things that we can't do in the natural. 
You see, for a lot of us, we try and do the Christian thing and probably even think, if I did a bit more, I'd be a bit better. If I prayed a bit more, if I read the Bible a bit more, if I turned up at church a bit more, if I did, you know, if I did a bit more, 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 then maybe that would, you know, it would all probably work a bit better. That's not the case. You don't need to do more stuff. You need more of the Spirit. You need more power. You need more power in your life to pray. You need more power in your life to serve. You need more power in your life to care, to worship, to give. It's an empowering that needs to happen. This is the way it's always been. That with the church, the church is an empowered people by the power of the Spirit. And we get that through the baptism of the Spirit. We see that in the story of Acts. They were praying in tongues, but they were actually praying in actual known languages. Whereas what I was sharing then was just a sort of a spiritual language. It's hard to discern. But we see suddenly there's a boldness and a confidence to witness about who Jesus is. They spill out on the streets. They're noisy. They're rowdy. It's probably a bit messy, a bit chaotic. They think they're drunk, so maybe people were falling over, being prayed for. It was that kind of thing going on. Now, it happens in Jerusalem. It's really important that we hear this because 50 days earlier, Jesus was killed in Jerusalem by a big crowd of people. All the leaders are still there in the city. Probably a lot of those people in the crowd were there when it happened. Oh, they knew who Jesus was, all right. They're the ones who killed him. But suddenly, this bunch of believers, instead of crowding his little upper room, suddenly spill out. And it's Peter who stands up to witness, to declare, actually, this is what's going on. The Holy Spirit's being poured out. You're seeing this. Actually, Jesus the Messiah, as he says to them, who you crucified is alive and he's pouring out his spirit right now. There's a power to witness, a power to share the good news. All the people jabbering away in different languages, what are they doing? Declaring the praises and the wonders of God. If you've got to look at what is the church all about, it's that. It's declaring the praises and wonders of God to this world that doesn't know it, to testify to who Jesus is and what he's done and that he's pouring out his spirit today. And that people can be baptized as well. How? Repent of your sins. Find forgiveness for your sins. And as you do, as Peter said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's why power is so important for us. That it takes just doing Christianity as a belief and an ideal and something we subscribe to. To something, an empowered living. But it has to be a mission. And for many of us, we'll take the presence of God but not the power of God. We like God with us, but are we empowered to live for him? The church will lose its way if we don't understand that we need to walk in the power of the Spirit in order to do what God is asking us and calling us to do. Now, talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit, for some people, is a little bit contentious in different church streams and denominations and different theological perspectives of how it works. Different people have slightly different views. I'm just going to land it right here. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That means that people will pray that you will be filled with the Spirit of God. And that you will receive power. But more than that, we believe that you can be filled again and again and again. Being filled to the fullness of overflowing of the Spirit of God. And so it's never wrong to ask for more. And it's never wrong to say, come Holy Spirit. And it's never wrong to seek more of that. And so we as a church are committed to that. That's why on the Alpha course, we love to take time exploring who the Holy Spirit is, but giving an opportunity for people to receive the Holy Spirit themselves. Again, that's what we're going to do this evening. 
to give an opportunity for you to receive the Holy Spirit and to know the power of the Spirit to rest on your life. So that's where we, that's where we see the power of God working through baptism releases the power of the Spirit on people's lives and on communities. And that's what we're committed to and we love to do. That's what we see in the Bible. Finally, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Well, in many ways, it's simple to, to fill you with power. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to see the mission that God has in his heart for every person to be filled with the Spirit in the world, to receive it and to know it, to be welcomed, to have sins forgiven. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to help us declare the praises and wonders of God. That's why we spend time in worship but not just to ourselves here, but to this whole world to declare that Jesus is alive, that he's reigning and that he loves this world, that he is willing and wanting to forgive sins, to draw people back to himself and to fill people with the Holy Spirit. We see something of this in that it's a, it's a global and universal thing. Again, the list of the people in all the different languages, this isn't just some little Jewish sect that was happening in Pentecost just for a sort of an inner group. God's heart is always for the whole world, for every person, person, tribe and tongue, every nation that would be part of God's purposes. No one is outside of that. It's universal in scope, that prophecy of Joel, men, women, children. It's universal. There's no thing, nothing that excludes you by background, by training, by education, by whatever your life has been, whether it's been a complete mess or you've grown up in complete privilege. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is for you. It's for everyone to be poured out on all flesh. There's never a no from God in pouring out his spirit. He loves to do that. But do we ask enough? Do we just wait till we come to church on a Sunday or do we pray it during the week when it's tricky? Come, Holy Spirit, help me. You pray when your kids are driving you mad. Come, Holy Spirit. You pray when you're just having a great time with friends. It's brilliant. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us again. Renew us. Lord, maybe you feel weak. Maybe you feel powerless. Actually, the Holy Spirit wants to empower our lives. And much of the writing of the New Testament is about this power of God that's even made perfect in weakness. When you feel weak and, and lacking. Again, that's where the power of God comes to meet you. Now, I don't mean the power of God as in just some sort of super-duper whizzy feeling that suddenly you become like ripped and just everything's incredible it's the power of God to give you grace to suffer and endure it it's the power of God to forgive those who've really hurt you and haven't said sorry it's the power of God to witness to Jesus when everyone else around you will mock you and think you're stupid because you believe in who Jesus Christ is it's the power of God to stay faithful when it'd be easier to be unfaithful it's the power of God to call you deeper into the life of Christ. To know him more fully and more deeply and more really and more truly than you do so far. This is the power of God at work in us and our community. And although we see it in Acts as a, an outward working, a, a visible manifestation, the real reality is that we want to be a powered, empowered bunch of people that are loving Jesus empowered by his spirit to the glory of Jesus for all that God is wanting to do in us and through us in this world. And this world is in need to hear the good news of Jesus. 
to know that Jesus is alive, that he's reigning, and that he wants to forgive sins and pour out his spirit. But we need that empowering. We need that help. And if we lose our sense of purpose, then we lose the power. Because why would we need it if we don't care? The church doesn't need better songs, cleverer preachers. Church needs people empowered by the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, moving in the power of the Spirit. That's what we're desperate for. That's what we really lack. If anything, Pentecost should in some ways sadden us when we see the power at work on the church and think, why have we lost that? Why do we not move in that way? Was that just the good old times back then? Maybe we need to ask ourselves, God, we long to see your power move. Start with me and my life and I want to be available to you and open to that. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to just take a little moment to pray. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer, which is, come Holy Spirit. And as I do, it's going to go a bit quiet. So if you're with us on the live stream, not a lot's going to happen uh, from listening. But as we do, we're just going to say, come Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask for the power of God to rest on your life. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit here now. It might be that you in that time just want to bring things to God. Say, God, this is me. This is where I'm at. But as I do... Um, I know that the Holy Spirit will be moving and want to just minister to people. And what that means is really simply make himself known to you, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit is with you. It might be incredible peace. It might be a certain sensation, feeling heat or something maybe on your hands or on your body. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit is with you. And we want to bless that. And what I really want to do is pray for the power of the Spirit to be released on people's lives. And we'll then invite people forward and the worship will pick up. But if you would love someone to pray for you, then what we love to do, and as we see again in the book of Acts, is that we just lay on a hand, we just pray. If you're happy with that, put a hand on you and say, come Holy Spirit, release your power now. And we just pray for an empowering of the Holy Spirit. If you want to come, that might be your first time, we'd love to pray that for you. Maybe you've been your thousandth time. We'd love to pray that with you. So if that's okay and you're able to, just because you've been sitting down a long time, I'm going to invite you to stand up. Nothing magical about that. I just thought you might want to stretch your legs. Join me, because I'm standing up as well, you see. And I'm going to pray and welcome the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's helpful to close your eyes. Sometimes it's helpful just to put your hands out. Whatever's going to help you just to receive So Jesus, thank you that the Holy Spirit that you've promised, you've sent to us, you've sent to your church. And we, as we read that story of Pentecost, we're reminded, God, would you renew that in our day? The power of your spirit again on your church. And Lord, we, your people here, we, we need you, God. Lord, we don't want this just to be a human thing that we try and do, but we want to live in the power of your spirit. So we say, come, Holy Spirit, come and rest on us now.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, you're here. We bless what you're doing, Holy Spirit. I want to pray, God, you would now just release power on us. Release the power of the Spirit on our lives. Fill us, God. Fill us, Say yes to you, God. More of you now. Yeah, Lord, as you're just resting on us, I want to pray that um, things that are in our own efforts, our own human strengths, would break off us. In that mindset of just trying to do more things and to work harder to somehow please you more. Lord, we pray that would be broken in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for the power of the Spirit to rest on you. You know. But especially around even those disciplines of prayer, of reading the Bible, of just seeking God. It wouldn't be a, just a human endeavor, but would be a, a, there would be an anointing of the Spirit that would just be stirred in you to pray, to love God, to seek God. You know.